0: This is Japan Baseball Weekly, the only English podcast covering all 12 NPB teams. And now, your hosts, Johnny
1: Gibson and Jim Allen. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly podcast. It's for the week of June 7th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night is my partner, Jim Allen. How are you? Saturday? What's up with that? Yeah, what is up with that? Is that I have a family commitment on Monday, so we're recording on Saturday, and we'll be back on Sunday to close up interleague next week. So that's that. Apologies, yeah. <laughs> apologies. So no, no
0: apologies needed. I just uh, it's 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 discombobulating. I mean, I'm bad enough with routines that
1: <laughs> I'm bad enough with routines as it just, is, uh, <laughs> and the mess
0: of, messing with them.
1: Wow, that's like that's hard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm bad enough when I have a routine, you know, you to change that around. Wait a minute. Yeah, Somebody get you know, my contract. Hey, You know
0: me. I mean, it's like, I mean, you, you can probably count how many times I, I like called the office when we were working together and, and people say, Jim, how come you're not in the office? I said, I'm not supposed to be here at Chiba where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> probably happened a few times. Cause they, you know, we would, We'd be on these schedules for a long time, and and I just wouldn't look at the schedule. I just knew what my schedule was because it never changed. And then when it changed, I was,
1: what's up with that? Yeah, never changed. And then when it changed, all right, <laughs> rarely changed. There you man. go. Well, never, never, rarely. We're in the neighborhood.
0: All right. Wow. Uh, okay. I know fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: All right. We're getting a slow rollout on the vaccines here. In Japan, But uh, I was talking with somebody at the office the other day and we decided the vaccine is more like a filter, not a shield. So even if you vaccinate, try to remember to be diligent as well because you're not uh, safe and saving and, and keeping everybody else safe. So uh, think of it as a, a filter, not a shield. So, so people still mask up and hunker down. Mm. All right. On this week's show, we've got a chat with Chunichi batting coach Alonzo Powell. We're going to discuss the second week of Interleague. We've got top performers from May. We're going to talk about Makun's third consecutive no decision and more. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. All right. As referenced last week, I am working with the Pacific League on its official YouTube channel, the personal sponsored site. So it's simple, uh, but we do need subscribers. So if you can stop what you're doing now, subscribe, follow, watch the clips multiple times if necessary, or if you can, uh, the more you watch, the more we get to do. So please watch and we'll end up being able to do more and offer you guys more. So that should be fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, on Friday morning, I was able to sit down with dragons hitting coach, Alonzo Powell, friend of the show, a uh, really knowledgeable MPB former player who won three consecutive batting titles from 1994 to 1996. And I always say that when he comes on the show. But um, he he did a lot more than just the batting titles. He was uh, a good defensive player. He was an all-star. He was the best nine player as well, multiple times. He knows hitting. Uh, he was a batting coach for the team last year roving batting coach working with both the farm squad and the first team and they shifted him to the bench partway through last season and made him the batting coach in the offseason and like i said he knows the style of baseball he knows the approaches and i I think what he's learning more about this season is the dragons and um you know i I look at the dragons in this whole season before interleague started at least they just like they look like the impoverished people on the on the streets, who have that "we'll work for food" sign, and what was written on their sign was "we'll, we'll work for, <laughs> we'll work for hits and runs." <laughs> but uh, he has uh, uh, an approach, and I think he—it seems to me that he, not being Japanese, has a different kind of approach that he's trying to instill, and he's working with the team. And I think slowly and slowly and surely, some of the things that he wants to bring. To the team will be implemented. Uh, but I think it's it's kind of a, a kind of a you know foreigner bringing different ideas, kind of a situation to a Japanese company and that it's just gonna take time. but it's got to be really weird for him because he played on some teams that just banged. I mean he played uh, with Hiromitsu Ochiai he played with the late Yasuaki Taiho, uh, Takeshi Yamasaki Leo Gomez, kazuyoshi tatsunami among them those guys banged man and then he was a hitting coach with the houston astros when they won their world series and those guys hit hard and now he's coaching guys who just i mean they squirt little singles through the infield or you know they pop a, a floater over the infield that goes for a double and rarely do we see a heart i mean when i see the dragons hit the ball hard sometimes it feels like christmas it really does it feels like Santa <laughs> left the empty glass of milk and some presents <laughs> because it doesn't seem real when they in get your a hit. In does Santa look like Dion Visiedo? <laughs> no, that would be Sante. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> wow. we didn't have Santa Claus in the ghetto. We just we had a dude named Sante in a red ghetto. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Anyway. Uh, uh, Alonzo has them working for the dinner. Uh they're seeing they're seeming to be maybe in a better groove here in Interleague and I uh, I hope that continues after they get out of Interleague. But uh let's see if you can hear any of the uh backdoor sliders that Alonzo the the pitcher in the form of a batting coach likes to throw when he's on the show. Uh let's take a listen to the interview. All right, we are very happy to have Alonzo Powell, batting coach of the Chunichi Dragons join us this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me, John. I can't even believe that we can get a coach to come on the show and talk about baseball and just and talk about teams and talk about MPB. So this is always a thrill for us. Really appreciate it. So first pitch fastball for you. Now you said before we talked to you that when the team doesn't hit, it's the hitting coach's fault. So how much do you worry about job security when the team's offense struggles?
2: Well, I mean, you know, you can't worry about job security. I mean, you know coming into, you know, coaching and then doing as long as I have, you know, you can't go there every day worrying about your job. You know, you go out there and you do the best thing that you know how to do, do as far as communicate, teach, get guys to understand situations and, and that, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. You know, those are things that a hitting coach can't control. You know, and I think probably, uh, most likely the thing I said last year is, you know, if, you, if your team hits great, You know, the team did a great job of drafting players, acquiring free agents, but then when the team doesn't hit, you know, it's the hitting coach's fault. You know, there's a lot of factors that goes into it, but you know, I don't look at it that way. You know, I look at it, you know, I go in there every day, work hard, you know, do my best to prepare my guys. And, you know, I know at the end of the day, you know, if they play well, most likely I'm gonna be here as a hitting coach. You know, if not You know, if the team wants to make a change, they make a change. But that, you know, that's not something,
1: you know, you worry about on a daily basis. Okay. Now, your team fell near what I consider the magic number. And I guess depending on, you know, a number of factors, that number for me is 10. And that's... Ten games under 500. When the coaches and the managers start to feel a little bit of heat on the backside, so <laughs> um, your team fell near that range. And now you guys, you going into this weekend series. That if if you win the series, you can be over 500. So how accurate is that notion of mine that ten games under 500 is a little warm?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't think it's too accurate. I think more in the second half of the season. You know, I think it would be a little bit more accurate. But, you know, early on, you know, I think we're at the probably, what, 88-game 88 mark, 88 mark left to go. And you still have a chance to, to make a difference and and move the needle, so to say. And, uh, you know, with our pitching staff, you know, we know if, if we hit, you know, we're going to be competitive. You know, we have some you know really good pitching that's going to keep the opponents, you know, within range. And if we can do our job, and uh, put some runs on the board, you know, it's going to it's going to help us out. But, you know, I, I, you know, more, I would say more with about probably 50, 60 games to go. You know, if you're under 10 games, you know, it's pretty difficult to swing the season.
1: Yeah, I, I, like I said, a lot of factors depend on. I, I think, you know, for instance, with the base Stars, I think Daisuke Gameuda can go 20 games, 30 games under 500. He's not going anywhere this year. But for other guys, guys who have a couple years, you know, there's a lot of factors, I guess, it, it, that go into it. But um, okay, all right, uh, I'll take that one on the chin. <laughs> you disagreeing with me, but now the Dragons, like I said, were close to that ten-game uh, under five hundred situation, and I did see at least one story not challenging Yoda on his managerial prow- prowess, but just throwing out some instances in which maybe he did make the best decisions for those those particular games how much of a sense do you have of the media being critical of the team how how much do you get that translated for you
2: well i mean you know i'm in the locker room you know i know what's going on and honestly even in the u.s even when i played i don't really look at the media a lot you know because you know i know what i need to do you know i know what and you don't get caught up into that you know every now and then you'll hear a rumor or two but, you know, honestly, you know, I don't I don't get caught up in what what the media is doing. Did we make the right move here? Did you make the right move there? You know, you know, what's going on with what Alonzo? Why you know, why is he using this batting order? No. When you when you're setting up a strategy for the game, you know your personnel, you know, you know what's going on, you're trying to put your players in the best position, and the best position to uh, succeed. You know, and obviously, you know, other people, you know, the media and the commentators, you know, they have a job to do, but you know, it's like being a hitting coach. I mean, everybody wants to be a hitting coach until you have to go in there at uh, one in the morning or one in the afternoon. I'm sorry, and uh, and work with the guy and grind with the guy to you know to work on a swing. But you know, everybody can be a, a hitting coach at uh you know at, at six o'clock in the middle of the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Now uh, you guys kind of look like floaters in the central league. And you were not playing well, and all of a sudden, you got league, and you're facing the mighty SoftBank Hawks, and the rest of the PLs coming, and you guys started hitting a little more. What is happening?
2: Well, you know, I think the, the, the number one thing, we're, we're hitting strikes. You know, it's about pitch selection. You know, it's about your, your game plan. And, uh, you know, using the, the big part of the field, keeping the ball in the middle of the field. And, uh, you know, Nagoya Dome obviously is, you know, not the greatest place to to play. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of room to hit there. And, you know, we've been swinging the bats um, a lot better. Most, you know, namely hitting the ball uh, with runners in scoring position. You know, that's been a little bit of our our downfall, so to say. And uh, we're doing better at um, that aspect right now. And, again, you know, like I said, our pitching staff is – you know, arguably one of the better staffs in, in Japan. Right now it's the and
1: best. There's not arguing. there's no argument, it's the best.
2: <laughs> and uh, I mean you know I'm not gonna say that. But uh, <laughs>
1: you know, that's you know, all right. I'll but, say it. I'll yeah, say it. Yeah. I
2: yeah, mean thanks for thanks for picking me up there. But, you know, <laughs> one of the, the best staffs in, in, in Japan and if we they're gonna keep us close. And if we can do the little things and, and play team baseball and, and, and drive, you know, get guys over, drive
1: them in. You know, we're going to be competitive because this staff can shut down anybody. Now, you said something. You said Nugwai Dome is not a great place to play, but there's a lot of room. What do you mean? The ball doesn't carry. Yeah, the ball, you know, the ball doesn't carry for some reason. in the in the, uh, the batling Dome, excuse me, for the sponsors.
2: And, uh, you know, um, the ball doesn't carry. And, but, you know, that's still no excuse. You still got to go out there and hit, you know, we, we, that's our home field and we got to make it our home field. you know, and that was one thing that I did say when we got here, you know, I experienced that in San Francisco, you know, I experienced that in San Diego, you know, so-called pitchers parks, but, you know, you got to do the little things, you know, you got to be able to, you know, but get guys over, put the ball in play, you know, with runners on third base, and do the little things. And again, we're doing that better right now, and you know, and I think that's contributing to to us playing better and uh, winning a few more games.
1: Now, you brought something up there. Uh, you said bunt. You said you talked about speed. Well, you didn't talk about speed, but I, I think you you meant that that i've been watching in the team you know last night there was a squeeze and, and and it worked out well and i thought you know this team doesn't seem to have guys who were capable of bunting i mean i always see some bunt situations but i don't think the players at the plate are really the best guys to to be bunting and i don't see a lot of speed you talked about hitting uh with runners in scoring position but it obviously takes a hit every time because nobody's getting those extra bases so how right are these evaluations? Am I, am I seeing that guys are just not really good bunters, and am I seeing that there's not a lot of speed, or is it just that there's a conservative kind of approach to, to managing the game and not trying to make outs on the bases?
2: No, I wouldn't say it's conservative on, on the management part. You know, we, we do have a little bit of risk-reward situations. You know, we do put guys in motion running. You know, we, we do, you know, try to hit and run and create some things. And, uh, you know, now it comes down to execution. You know, you've got to be able to execute. And, you know, in certain situations, we have, haven't have done a great job executing. We have to get better at that. You know, the bun- bunting part of it, you know, we do have guys that can bunt. You know, our, our, again, our lineup, You know, when you don't have a bunch of sluggers, you, get, you have to be able to do the little things. You know, we, we have guys that can bunt, that can uh, move runners. And again, it comes down to execution. You know, you can... Again, you can be the best coach in the world. <laughs> if if your players don't execute, it, it, you know, it's going it's all going to come pointing back at the uh, at the coach. You know, and I'm I'm not the one to blame players. You know, it's my job to to get these guys to do well, but you know, all you can do is put these guys in a situation to succeed. Now, again, they're going to make you look like a genius if they go out there and do a great job. But then they don't, oh, you know, Powell doesn't work with these guys, but, you know, Powell doesn't teach these guys, you know, how to to move runners over. And again, it comes with the job. I I totally understand it. But, you know, the average person, hopefully they do understand that, you know, we just don't sit behind the batting cage and, and not talk. And we don't work with these guys during the day. And but you know game time. It's all about um, you know getting the job done, executes executing, and uh, doing the little things that it takes to win a baseball game.
1: All right. Now, recently, starting shortstop uh, Yota Kyoda, uh had to go to the minors. He was sent down, and not him specifically, but what goes into uh, sending a player like that down? He, he came up as a rookie, had a really great rookie season, and the numbers have just been dwindling in terms of number of hits and a little bit the batting average has been kind of the same, but mostly under 250 and just hasn't looked good. So when you send, when you make a decision to send a guy down like that, what goes into it?
2: Um, you know, you're looking at consistency. You know, you're looking at what, what's going on. You know, do you have somebody in that particular situation that, that can do the job if you do send that person down? You know, or does this person need a, a, a mental break, so to say, to go down? and work on some things and then come back and hopefully assert himself back in the position that he was in. So those those are a few few things. You know, it could be a nick here or there. You know, sometimes a player might be nicked up that, you know, you just say, you know, we'll send you down for a couple of weeks to take care of that and, uh, you know, we can bring you up. You know, that, those are a few of the things that goes into it when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, sending a guy down or keeping him on
1: the roster. Now, what a guy what about a guy like Mike Gerber who came in and and I joked on the show. I said, "Well, you know, he was hitting a little bit on the minor uh in the minors, so they said, "Well, we can't waste those hits down there. Let's bring him up and see what he can do on on the top team." And then he ended up having to go down too just because I don't think he was it seemed to me that he was had that that typical foreign Situation where he was looking at some strikes and and swinging at some balls and then not knowing exactly what he was seeing and what was coming and just a lot of confusion. So, what went into him going down?
2: Um, you know, and a little difficult situation for him. You know, he, he got over late, didn't get spring training. Uh, we were struggling offensively, so we we're looking for a spark. And you know, we we're hoping that you know Mike would be the spark initially. But, you know, it's a very, very difficult transition. You know, I went through it personally. I came to Japan in May, no spring training, had to uh, figure things out, got off to a very, very slow start. You know, my situation was a little different than Mike's, Uh, you know, and I eventually, you know, got in a situation where I got in the line, you know, I got a a big hit at a situation and I uh, got in the lineup and everything kind of worked out. But, uh, you know, the main thing with Mike is to get him some more reps that he missed in uh, spring training. And uh, that will hopefully allow him to see the ball a little bit better. You know, because it's, it's just it's a totally different game. You know, you're learning pitchers, you're learning catchers, you know, just getting home and going to the stadium. Everything is totally different. Now you got to go out there and compete at the highest level. And, you know, hopefully for Mike, you know, he can uh, get himself back on track, get
1: his timing you know, better, and come back and help us. Now, we heard about uh, Takaya Ishikawa. Um, I'm assuming that you get reports on him regularly. I've been watching some of the, the results from the farm team. I don't get to watch the games, but I, I look at the results, and he's, he's, he's holding his own. I wouldn't say he's outstanding, but what's the report on him? Uh, you know, he's going to be a good player. You know, he's got the
2: skill set is, uh, as advertised. Again, it's a matter of him, uh, you know, getting some reps, you know, being consistent. You know, and again, he's still only 19 years old. We're, we're, we're in a position to where, you know, if he was probably killing the league, you would uh, want to rush him and get him up here, you know, he had some, uh, some minor things going on, you know, as far as being nicked up and, and last year and uh, early in camp. And the biggest thing with him, you know, you're looking for some consistency. And then when you do bring him to the main team, is there a position, a clear path for him to, to get at bats? You know, the biggest thing for him is, is once he gets here, put him in a situation to where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. You know, he's got some at-bats and then you can, you can watch his growth and to see if he can handle being in, in, in this situation.
1: Okay. All right. Now you guys first place through the first uh, rotation of uh, interleague play. I'm surprised. I think a lot of baseball fans are surprised. What do you have to say about it?
2: Well, you know, again, I'm not surprised. You know, our, our pitching staff is, is, is pretty good. And if we get the pitching that we're getting, you know, again, I think I said it earlier, you know, we could beat anybody in Japan. And, you know, that's why I was excited last year. You know, unfortunately for us, you know, they didn't go with the with the playoff situation. But, you know, in a playoff situation, you know, we'd be a tough out because, you know, we have enough pitching that we can shut anybody down. And if we hit, you know, we got a chance to beat anybody. So, you know, with the interleague thing, you know, you hear about the Bonnet, you know, Pau League, you know, the League, you know, believe me, I, I respect the Pau League. It's uh, really good. You know, you got some really good players over there, but you know, we have some good players in the central league. You know, we have some good players with the dragons and you know, the old cliche, you know, let's play the game. You know, that's why you play the game. You know, you'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, just a matter of us just being consistent
1: on the, on the offensive end. If we can do that, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be okay. All right. Well, um, there's so much more I'd like to ask you, but hey, let's play the game again later than the season. Yes, that would be that would be very nice. You know, that means we've uh, come
2: through the central league, which is always a, a, a good thing. But again, you know, we just got to take it day by day and uh, get consistent. You know, we got about 80 games left. I think it's 88, something like that. And uh, you know, we, again, we have a chance to to put ourselves in position. So hopefully uh get in the playoffs and at least give ourselves a chance and that's the that's what you want out of the season. Put yourself in in position, get yourself give yourself a chance to get in the playoffs and once you get in the playoffs anything can
1: happen. Yeah, but I I, I mean you and I play the game again on the show. You, oh, when you when you come on. <laughs> oh, any anytime, you know, believe me, you know, I listen to the show
2: and you know, any that you guys uh need me on, I'm there for you guys.
1: All right, appreciate it, man. Take it easy and good luck.
2: All right. Thanks a lot. All right. So it's
1: awesome to have Alonzo again come on and give his perspective. And while he said 10 under 500 isn't necessarily a death knell, um, you know, I I, I think there's context to it. Uh, It's not just the L's that count, but what would you contextualize from this chat? Uh, I I still think it, it just depends.
0: I think it does depend, and I think it's very hard to put a coach on the spot and say when are we cooked. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. What? <laughs> I wanna. I wanna change the channel. Are you guys done yet? <laughs> You're right. Those eggs boiled yet, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I thought his answer was was perfect, and I. You know, you never give up. You never give up until somebody pulls the rug out from underneath you and says it's over. So I, I think that was that was fine. I didn't really take, uh, you know, he's got to be, he's got, even even though he's in a situation where other people, the people who get the results get the credit. And if the people don't get results, then he gets the blame.
1: Mm -hmm. and he's fine with that I think you have to be I think it's just like being a catcher everything's fine as long as you block the ball and catch the pitches but the minute you stop doing that you're the worst catcher on the planet how could they have put you back there and you can't throw anybody out
0: (laughs) right he tried tried to take himself out of the game but he missed yeah yeah that that is hard but uh, I learned something today. Uh, I learned something listening to this interview was that Alonzo Powell has a superpower.
1: <laughs> you just now learning that? Well, I
0: meant that it has nothing to do with hitting baseballs or teaching people. His superpower is the ability to shut off the media. Ah. You know that that part I I can I could hear it like you know, he kind of let on that, oh, I do hear it sometimes, but I'm, you know, you got to block it out. And he wasn't going to play the game like I sometimes hear it. <laughs> you know, I, I block that stuff out. I, I have more power to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I put myself in that situation because I did play sports, but I wasn't, Yeah, I would never talk to reporters. Okay, so I wasn't that high a, a level up, but you get people talking on your team, you know, mm. on your own team. And, and and you have to block that stuff out as well. Like, you know, I don't get the ball enough uh, when this happens. Or or you have to listen to it, one or the other. And so, yeah, I, you call it a superpower. I think, to be honest, I think a lot of these players, they hear it it, it, it gets in the head, but they, they they extract it. You know, they get rid of it. Because it doesn't help and it doesn't hurt, yeah. If they do that,
0: but it's still not an easy thing. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do.
1: Uh, you know what? I got to be honest. I, I read something negative about our podcast years ago, and I and I decided then I, I wasn't going to look at negativity online, and I don't. But I'm sure it's out there. But for, oh, it
0: is. It For is. me
1: I I don't I don't look at it I don't I don't care those people they don't have my job <laughs> so they don't matter and that's the way I think that's his approach and I think that's what he's doing I mean you might hear something you might see something but I I just think it can't affect how you do your preparation and how you get ready to do what your job is it and so I think that's what he means
0: and I I have to agree with him that I could be a batting coach at 6 p.m. Dude, uh, he's
1: gonna I, throw a fastball.
0: <laughs> no. He just threw a fastball. What were you waiting for? Right. <laughs> that's that that's me being the hitting coach. I,
1: I think yeah, I, I think we have all done that. And in fact, maybe even somebody was guilty of it today. I'm not naming names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guy, you're you're safe with me, man. So, <laughs> uh no, I uh, I have I'm gonna Get into that some of this weekend. I'm going to start writing about Masahiro Tanaka tomorrow, and I'm going to get into that some of that tomorrow. But yeah, I loved it. I just—I'll tell you what I really enjoyed. uh, In addition to that, I loved the measured approach when he talked about Takaya Ishikawa. Hmm. He talked about a player on multiple levels. Not just, you know, he can do this, but he can do this and he perhaps needs to do that, but there's more to it. It was a little bit kind of a Rubik's Cube answer in that it's not just one, there's not just one side to the puzzle. There's the player side of the puzzle. There's also the team side of the puzzle. You know, when is the team ready to make a commitment to this guy? Right. And I just, I love that because that is such a, There are teams in Japan, I think there are teams around, you know, sports teams around the world who, when given a variety of choices, do, I don't want to pick on one team in Japan because they all do it from time to time, Mm -hmm. decide, let's throw them in the pit and see, see what happens. Right you know, let's, let's have a hunger games kind of situation going on. And basically the first person to make a mistake goes down because it's Japan and we, we, you know, we live for not making mistakes. So, but I I thought his approach was let's have a, you know, let's, when he's ready, when he's ready. And if it's not a case where we need him right now, uh, you know, let's bring him up when we've got a, a plan for him, which I love because that's, so positive, so forward-thinking, and and it, and I like it because I'll be honest, it meshes with my thinking about how teams should handle young players.
1: Mm. Yeah, I you know I, I I like the answer. I know he can't get in. And I try not to ask too specific a question about any player um, because that's their own player first of all, and they don't want to be critical at all. Um, anybody, a a coach, a a teammate. Um, So I I try not to ask too much about specifics, but um, yeah, I I did like that answer. I mean, I I think I knew it was coming, but still I wanted to ask because this is a kid who came in with a lot of fanfare. So we're expecting as, as observers to see something, something fruitful come from that draft pick. And so, uh, it's good to talk to the coaches and the guys who know who get to see and I'm sure he sees film and probably goes out to the farm and watches the game sometimes in the daytime when they're home when he has the opportunity but um although, for me i although okay. to be
0: fair that Akira neo I think took all the fanfare uh he took the fanfare <laughs> ration this year last year Ishikawa had it, and this year neo's got it so <laughs> Yeah, well, he's giving it back. He is, he's getting there. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he's going through the iterations where you know people have seen my swing, and now they're now they're you know they're they're taking advantage of the things I was able to to bump them with there
1: for a while. For a while, yeah. So uh, for me, you know, I, I it wasn't so much what what Alonso did mention in the chat; it's what he didn't mention, and that my ears kind of perked up and I kind of started squirming in my chair because when Alonso talked about the fact that, well, just this fact I asked him about Kyoto going down to the minor leagues and, uh, you know, he didn't say anything in particular. And, but he did mention in general terms about when they send a player to the farm that maybe he needs a break, uh, a mental break. And and maybe he needs to work on this and maybe he needs to. And we heard a lot this past week about Naomi Osaka and her recent situation at the French Open. And that that just made me kind of perk up. I wonder okay. if that's what part of what Kyoto is going through was him needing a mental break. Because at the time they sent him down, he really wasn't doing that poorly. It started to show some flashes here and there. And he did have consistently uh bad at bats, but then he'd have one good one. Well, he'd have one productive one. I shouldn't say it's a good one because it can all be good, but you don't get the results. So he had a productive, uh, a few stretches of productive of production up there. But I found it also interesting, and, and uh, we didn't talk about this obviously in the chat, but you talked about Nao, the fact that he's up and he's playing, and he has a lower batting average and has produced much less than Kilda, and he wasn't sent down. But also, Neo wasn't slid into that shortstop role. And we all know he's a shortstop and wants to play shortstop. At least that was the, those were the reports you know, since going back to him being drafted. So I found that odd as well. And remember in the, in the Central League prediction show, I talked about this odd dynamic between them pumping up Neo and talking about him so much when they have this shortstop already there. So I guess the message to Neo is, hey, you're an outfielder. Get used to it, and don't worry about for now. Don't worry about the results. Let's just get you uh, acclimated to the top team, and I want to see you produce. Or we want to see you producing when you can, but don't don't force things. And you know there are a few times there have been a few times this season. Where I just wonder if Yoshiyoda, the the manager, is willing to sacrifice some games to get this guy some experience because. In fact, there was a game on Friday that they ended up losing that I thought for sure they're going to pinch hit for him in the eighth inning, seventh inning, somewhere around there late in the game. And they didn't. And he didn't even move the run over. There was a runner on second. He didn't do anything with his at-bat, essentially. And I think he took a swing at an awkward pitch or an awkward swing at an awkward pitch. and popped it up or something. I don't even remember how the at-bat ended because it was against uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto of the Orts Buffaloes, you know, basically one of Japan's top pitchers. And I just thought he had no chance anyway. So I just found, I find things like that and decisions like that. I'd love to be a fly on the wall to know why they do those things because as as an observer, I'm thinking, (laughs) hell to the no. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, as you, I'll, you know, you say it a lot in that we never really know. We look at the, we look at how games impact impact themselves on plans that are made, but plans that we often know little about. You know, so we, you know, we see that the plans going into a meat grinder, and we look at what comes out and saying, "Wow, that's not a plan." <laughs> you know, we see that after, you know, we see the plan, you know, we try to decipher what the plan is after it comes out of the meat grinder, try to predict what it looked like. And it's not always obvious. So, you know, we don't know. It would be interesting to know what is the what the plan is. And uh, I, I <laughs> <You>
1: think, think?
2: <laughs> well,
0: no, I, I mean, I say that because I, I think a lot Yoda is a really cool smart guy and, and alonzo Powell's a really smart guy and I, I think they have a plan and i think that there may be there you know when i see what they're doing with with nail it looks i mean doesn't it look like a plan to you
1: because they seem that, that's a catch-22 question it, it looks like a plan but you know i'll I'll be darned if I can see what it is. But, of course, I'm not a front office guy. I'm not a development guy. I just, you know, have ideas. Without a
0: plan, then it would be, well, let's try this, and when it doesn't work, we'll try something else. And and then you end up with um, teams, you know, with six outfielders, and you're not really sure who the third one, the, the you know, the number three guy is mm-hmm. because everybody's switching you know, switching back and forth, sitting on the bench, pinch hitting, going down to the farm team. Right, right, and and that's to me. That's uh, I, I guess the Hanchee Tigers are probably the most um, infamous for doing that because they're you know they're a good team that's done that. That's sort of the history of uh, the Swallows recently and and the Bay Stars Fighters now, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Yoda, for me, uh, he, he, you know, there have been some moments when he has done something. I mean, I think I brought up one instance on the show down in Hanshin, uh, down at Koshian against Hanshin where he had some opportunities and I thought, well, okay, well maybe there's something that we don't know about some of these other players, but I would have done this, that, and the other. Hmm. And they ended up losing the game. Okay. Well, you know, and I saw criticism about him out there on the internet. Okay. That happens. And, um, these people used to play the game, they, they kind of know what's going on. So I, I can believe them. But today, even, you know, I, I don't know if you watched the game today, they beat the Orcs Buffalo 6-3 in what I essentially want to call a Jenga game, because it could have blown up or fallen apart at any moment, but it didn't. They pulled the mm-hmm. right sticks out or whatever, and they got through it. But uh, after the game, the in the post-game interview, Yoda would say, yeah, we hit four home runs today. And it was great, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, Vici, Diane Viciedo hit two. Uh, three home runs. Yeah, Shuhei Takahashi hit one. Who hit the fourth? And I was like, oh, Well He said Didn't they I hit s- four. He said they hit four. And oh. it brought me back to the time that, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, or I said it on the show at least, but uh, when I was a Cub reporter, I was covering the Dodgers as the backup uh, baseball guy, and I went down to the, to the locker room to talk to Tommy Lasorda, and I was in a scrum, and – I said something about, uh, in fact, there was a Matt Williams game, if you remember Matt Williams, I'm sure you Oh, do. that
0: one, that, that famous
1: one. <laughs> well, he hit a couple home runs against the Dodgers in this game. But that and... was
0: the one with all the F-bombs.
1: No, 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 okay. no, no. No, no, that wasn't me who who triggered that. Goodness, no! But yeah, he was, was it was similar, but okay. not not as bad, not as long. But he, I, I got a fact in the, in my question wrong, and he 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 lit me up about about Matt Williams. So I thought, oh, okay, I see this. I'll never go down to the to the dug or to the scrum without my scorebook in my hand because I'm going to get the facts right about the game because these managers know the count. <laughs> they know the pitch, they know everything about the situation. So for me to hear Yoda say that they had four home runs in the game today, I'm th- I'm thinking, what? Well, he just must have been really excited. And both the announcers, that the the, uh, the the color guy was Kazuki Yoshimi, the ford- former Chunichi mm. Dragons ace, and so they were just chuckling and say, okay, well maybe he's a little bit overexcited. It, there were only three home runs, and I, I still, you know, I I found that kind of off. You know, for Yoda Yoda to not realize that they had four, uh, I'm sorry, three home runs, not four. And so was he just thinking that one of those, one of the, because they had a sacrifice fly from Naomichi Donaue, who hit the ball pretty deep. It could have been a home run in a lot of other parks, but it didn't go out in Naomichi dome. Because, as, as Alonzo said, the ball doesn't carry. So maybe he just counted that as a home run in his head. I don't know. It was just kind of weird, though. But, um, again, not bad, not not good, just, you know, a little bit off. But maybe he got caught up in the excitement. I don't know. But it was an interesting moment today when I heard that interview.
0: You know, uh, the thing, I, the one thing I cannot, I know, I've, I've mentioned this, and I'll probably shut up about it for a while,
1: <laughs> If, if we're all lucky yeah i was gonna say no make any promises. that your mouth can't keep <laughs> hashtag <laughs> probably fair is
0: that i guess the one thing i really want to talk about if i when i get a chance to talk to Yoda and his and his pitching coach is you know what has been the plan for the pitchers because in the last you know in the last two years the dragons pitchers have really took us taken a step forward and it's more or less the same guys. It's not like Mm -hmm. a new crop of pitchers, but they're all uh, consistently better.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think you can point to two things. One that he's a, you know, former pitcher Yoda is, and and two they got some consistency in the catching behind the plate with uh, Takuya Kinoshita. I think that's, those are the two things you can point to. I
0: think, yeah, I, I would, I would certainly think that of course having a catcher who can, who can both hit and catch is kind of a novelty. The dragons really haven't had a a catcher who can actually really hit since maybe 2004. I mean, Tamishige played a lot longer than that, but he couldn't really hit after that.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: (laughs) So, uh, you know, except, except in the Japan series against the fighters. (laughs)
1: 2007, not 2006. Right. (laughs) Except
0: (laughs) everyone asked Trey Hillman, how come you didn't, you didn't, uh, intentionally walk Tommy as well he's Tony Shigey now he's not Tanishige Shigey as Shige as he was 10 years ago yeah, so, yeah. but anyway um, yeah so let's yeah good stuff
1: Good, good, good. So let's make a seamless transition and talk about interleague sense that you dragons are at the top of the interleague standing. Surprise, surprise. And in fact, when I woke up on Saturday morning, I guess when we all woke up, not just me, so it's the okay. world. It doesn't revolve around me. I have to remind myself of that every night when I go to sleep and every morning when I wake <laughs> up. But the Dragons.
0: Important important lesson to me. The world is not about me. Okay, I'll I'll try that one.
1: I'll try that one, see if I like it right. (laughs) So, the Dragons, when we woke up on Saturday morning, the Dragons, Bay Stars, and Giants were one, two, and three in the Interleague standings overall. That was amazing. And the Central League was six games better than the Pacific League. So, that was nice. And the Dragons won again today. So, they are still atop the standings, but uh, of course the show is not going to come out until perhaps Sunday night, maybe Monday morning. So I, I just find this refreshing, unexpected, and then compelling because I want to see if the, these teams can uh, complete the journey and and do something that only the Giants have been able to do, and that is be a Central League team to win the uh, interleague league. I don't, I, I don't know what to call it—the interleague title, the interleague session, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I did hear, a, or I did see a story that uh, because the carp that they started out with being on uh, COVID cancellation status, that the team that finishes with the best winning percentage is the team that's going to end up getting the the interleague title. So, you know, maybe when, if they can get it together, they don't have to play as many games. But I know they have some makeup dates already uh, in store for trying to make up some of the games that they missed. So maybe that won't come into play. Maybe it will. But in the meantime, Dragons take on Nakuten uh, in a three game set that starts on Tuesday and they close out interleague with Seibu in my backyard. So I might go to, I'm, I'm off three days in a row um, this next, this upcoming weekend. So I might go out to one of those games at uh, MetLife Dome and uh, see if I can wave at one of the players from <laughs> wherever they put
2: us. <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it's been it's been interesting. actually, I was curious about something because we passed the halfway mark in Interleague and mm-hmm. uh, as of Saturday night's games now the the Central League is still leading in wins, although it narrowed quite a bit today. and of course trailing in runs by a fair margin. So, you know, it's it's the kind of, again, this is the kind of year uh, that the Central League has won in the past, you know, where they've, they've actually won interleague uh, the one year. And uh, you, despite being outscored, this is where they're going. But still saying that, I was curious, and it occurred to me, it might be the case that what we know about the Pacific League you know, when we talk about the Pacific League, what are some of the things we say? You know, guys are better at adjusting. You know, guys are used to a tougher environment. Mm-hmm. They're they're used to a more competitive league. And I was curious if the Pacific League teams don't do better in the second half of interleague than the first half. But I, I was listening to one of the broadcasts today and saying, "Oh yeah, the Central League's really strong this year." So I'm <laughs> It, it was, I think it was the Dragons' game, and of course the Dragons have have played well. You know, they played those low, those low a lot of these low scoring games. They uh, they've pitched well, and I you know I have been thinking about it because I'm I'm pretty much shooting my mouth off nonstop about how good the Pacific League is for the last eight years.
1: You and me both.
0: That I, I think about it, and I I've. I think also another thing is that for for years, the Central League had this attitude. I think they had a, a tiny bit of the attitude that the Chunichi Dragons took into the first Interleague, which was, we don't think Interleague is important, and we're not going to care about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I... This is what the Dragons players were telling me in 2005. I, I saw them right before they went into interleague at, at uh, Yokohama. The Dragons were there playing the Bay Stars. And I said, what do you think about the interleague? And, and it was like, we're not taking it serious. It's almost like we're intentionally not taking it seriously. And that was one of those Hiromitsu Ochiai things. We're going mm. to look down on the Pacific League. We're going to treat them with disdain. We're going to treat... I don't like... Personally, don't like Interleague. I don't think much of it. So you guys you guys can just uh, ignore it as much as you like. We're not going to take any special effort about it. That was really sort of the the buzz I got from the Dragons. And they got chewed up. And things changed after that. But that was not just Oche. Of course, I was, I've written about it. It was the owner as well. Um, the Dragon's owner was one of the cheap, the guys who hated Interleague the most, and they would schedule home games. Uh, they would schedule a lot of their Interleague home games in Gifu and Toyohashi and Hamamatsu and Kanazawa, you know. And, and so I right. could say, look what happened to our attendance in Interleague. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got 6,000 people came to watch us play Rock 10, you know. Uh, he didn't mention that it was in Hamamatsu, you know. Right. So right. that was that was sort of the deal. Was we're not we're not going to make it look. We're not going to blow it out of proportion. We're not going to we're not going to treat it with the respect the Pacific League thinks it deserves. And I have to think, from what I've heard and things I've seen, like the Giants giving a lot of catching time to. A catcher who spent most of his career in the Pacific League, Ginji, Ginjiro Sumitani. Right. And the Giants switching out the battery coaches with a former <laughs> Pacific League catcher. Mm hmm. And things like that. You know, things like teams basically really trying not to get their butts kicked for a change.
1: Yeah. And I mean, making,
0: that- a, making an extra effort not to get their butts kicked
1: for a change um i like those those little snipes at the end uh yeah that makes sense but what the dragons doing what the base stars doing i look at the base stars and and two shows ago i said something about them having one of the stronger lineups in the cl and you were very dismissive you said no nah. no no
0: no no that's at the time you were dismissive no i was not you oh. no you misunderstood that
1: oh i misunderstood it no okay. you
0: were implying you know you were basically saying the giants and the Bay stars are good and the swallows are bad and i thought the swallows offense is pretty good actually so you were but, and i didn't think there was a huge gap between them and that's what i was going i wasn't saying that the Bay stars aren't good
1: oh okay well it, it came across i don't know
0: because i no, didn't see okay. that was that was the thing you know you're putting the swallows down with the with the, the ne'er-do-wells, you know, like the carp and the dragons.
1: Yeah, I was I was pumping up the Bay Stars and saying that I thought their, their lineup at the time. And what I assumed, because... To avoid going into off on a tangent and into another thing, at the time I just said, "Oh, maybe you're thinking of the cumulative numbers of the Bay Stars up to now." And I'm thinking, well, and I was thinking more of, of the fact that they've got their foreign guys in the lineup, and the guys have become acclimated. Oh, and no, 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 no. They're no, starting I, to produce now, and they're, they're you know, they they no, got through that preseason hurdle. And I was
0: I was basically saying there were there's basically. I mean, the Tigers are, are have been the best. The Bay Stars are are as good right now, if not better.
1: Right. Well, I was going to say it, it, since you know in interleague play they're they're as of mid May, especially they, but they're versus the PL, they have the most runs, mm-hmm. they have the most home runs, they have the highest team batting average. So they're really, I don't know if it's uh, poor. <laughs> Performances by the Hawks and other teams, but they have really turned it on some, offensively. I in, think in, there's you know.
0: some to that too. I, I was there is there is. I think. <laughs> I think. I, well, of course, we. I, it, it was not all that hard to see that the Hawks basically are are a much older team. They've gotten old quickly, and they were also. Without I think
1: playing. it's been all that quick. These guys have been really good for a long. time. Well, long, they got man. old
0: quickly. Because, uh, for a variety of reasons, but then losing Levon Moyenello, they were without their closer. Lots of things have kind of gone.
1: Hey, Dragons are without their closer, and they've got some guys with a little bit of of mileage on them, like uh, Katsuki. Yoshi, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, I, the, I wanted to point not out the
0: same team. They're not the sure. same team. They work for the last couple of years, so there was that. And and I was asking myself, you know, which teams have gotten better this year? Well, the Giants, you know, the Justin Smoke was a big acquisition for them. Sure. And the Tigers got two new guys, one of whom has been. I, I guess they haven't really gotten that. I think they the Tigers got better. Well, of course they've got the two rookies who've been tremendous. And then uh, three rookies, even if we count. So the Tigers are a lot better just from their rookies, which is such a bizarre and unusual thing that they've had three, basically three key players who are all first year guys. Tell me about it. (laughs) And so the Tigers definitely got better. The Giants definitely got better. The Swallows have definitely gotten better. And I look at the Pacific League and I say, who's better? Well, the Eagles are better because they got Masero Tanaka and I'll, um, I'll go with that. But who
1: else? I'd give the Marines a better because it just oh, yeah. a f- a one yeah. to first year to second year improvement uh, in a jump the, with the young the, guys.
0: The Marines, yes. Well, they're a very young team, so it's really not surprising that they've gotten better. The Lions certainly got a huge boost from their young guys while well, missing everybody else. So Yeah. And then um, the Orcs, I don't know that they've gotten better, but they're oh, well, playing I think, better. I, I think they have gotten better, yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. I, I mean, we looked. We talked about this. I think we're bringing it up every show, but uh, yeah, Yuma yeah. Mune. It's in our contract, so yeah. Yuma Mune, a guy we've just like he's just blossomed before our eyes. I mean, he's he's approaching three hundred in his batting average. He's elite third baseman defensively, and wherever they put him, basically. And uh, speaking of Yuma Mune, did you see his at bat against Hiroto Fuku today? I did.
0: Wasn't that? Was that? That was that was beautiful. That was, it, that was a beautiful – Not, I mean, not if you're it dragging – It wasn't until
1: he threw that yeah to that, that high, whatever it was. I'm assuming it was a fastball right down the middle, you know, waist high. He was lucky it was Mune or it would have been a home run. <laughs> right, but, I mean, he threw some good pitches to him. And he fouled them off and he made he, some adjustments. He laid yeah. off
0: and he fouled them off. And then, yeah. he, and then, you know, he got one and it's a lefty on lefty and a guy who throws from a really nasty angle and can mm. throw – all kinds of stuff at you so yeah right, uh, right. That was a great it, it was
1: it was so uh he's one of the guys who has improved on that team oh sure um, and the,
0: the rookie uh up, is i really like him
1: i do too yeah i do too
0: <laughs> some of the big guy you know and and the big guy taro's so, so, so. To, he's actually somebody's i think taken him aside and said look we're playing you in right field it means you you catch the ball. <laughs> okay, but wait, 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 wait.
1: You said who's gotten better in the Pacific League. We've named four teams already, so I think they've gotten mm. better, too. I, I don't think that they've... I mean, the fighters have not, obviously. No, the fighters
0: have
1: not. The and, the, and the have Hawks have not. have not. I don't
0: think the Lions have either. Uh, I don't know. I, I, think think, they're a, I think they have better players, but they're also missing so many. They they've also been missing so many, so...
1: Right. Well, I wanted to make one point with the Bay Stars before we get into the Lions, because I do want to talk about the Lions, and that is that... The series that they played against the Hawks, in which they went 2 and one they faced Nao Higashihama, who was an opening day starter for them, for the Hawks, at least once, maybe twice. Shota Takeda and Chris Gray, who was making his season debut. He did and, well. Yeah, did well. One bad inning, and then he went six, so put in a quality start. And DNA started Michael Peoples- Nakagawa and yuya Sakamoto and the scores were four three one one and four three finals so yeah they went 20 and one so well, yeah. there's good stuff from the base stars I don't oh, really yeah. know.
0: well Michael peoples is definitely you know he's he's done the Joe Gunkel uh, he's had factually he's he and Joe Gunkel should form a garage band because it's like, <laughs> a
1: garage duo huh <laughs> yeah
0: well yeah it's like I got it the relievers who became
1: good I starters. got it Pe- Peters and garfunkel because you got to change your name to Garfunkel instead of Gunkel. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, But yeah, let's do talk about the lions because last week we weren't able to mention because we, I just didn't know what the extent of the injury was. I think we talked about the fact that he went down maybe, but Gakuto Wakabayashi of the lions who was my pick for rookie of the year uh, basically blew out his left knee at MetLife Dome. And um you know we sat down to tape and like i said it wasn't really a diagnosis but i knew it was bad because it was a non contact deal in which he was trying to get to a ball and took a step and just crumpled and and you just hate to see any of that kind of stuff i'm so bummed for him he was having a really impressive year and to me he's been really the best of the rookies with all the ba- you know leading the pacific league in stolen bases as a rookie and just keeps getting on i mean it's like it's not like yeah he'll 20 stolen bases right play. Yeah,
0: and he didn't come with all the fanfare of uh, Takashi Ogino.
1: Again, yeah, a guy. But he's but this
0: is as soon. It's like something when somebody said, "Here's a rookie. He's got 20 stolen bases." Lights started flashing in my head. I he's he doesn't have Ogino's speed when he was a rookie Mm because I don't think I ever seen anybody in Japan faster than him. Even if. He beat somebody in a race who once beat Oscar Cambridge. Oscar Cambridge, right? <laughs> I think it was Oscar Cambridge. It might have been. Uh, oh, it was, uh, I'm sorry. Was it wasn't Oscar? It was Sunny Brown, right? Oh, so,
1: that's that's Eso Bata, Eso Bata so, of, of the fighters,
0: though. No, 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 no. This is, uh, is and the swallows as well. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, I don't remember seeing anybody who has ever been as fast as Takashi Ogino because he could do, you know, he he'd hit the ball and it, just amazing. You know, he was one of those guys, if he hit the ball to second base, you had to wonder whether it was a routine grounder to second base could be an infield single. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen that. And I didn't see that for Wakabayashi, but I. Uh, Ogino also went twenty and O as a base. I think he went twenty two and i as a base dealer, and he looked very annoyed when I asked him if how long he thought he thought that might continue.
1: Like, when, oh, you like, know, you asked him that.
0: Yeah, he's like forever. What are you trying to get? Get in my head. Well, it was about three or four days after that he got hurt, and he really didn't play regularly for another 10 years.
1: Thanks, Jim. See you, buddy. <laughs> so when, they See you next any... time. Ask me anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that wasn't me, but he did go through four or five knee surgeries, I think, and trial it short. Anyway, moving along. So when – Wakabashi at 20 bases. They're going, wow, he's a rookie with 20 bases.
1: The light went off, and then like three days later, he's hurt. <laughs> the light went off, and then the light went out. But yeah. yeah pretty much. That was that was weird. Yeah. On a good Lions. note for the Lions, Kai Mataida, uh threw his 29th consecutive scoreless inning since the start of the season, and uh, it's just unbelievable. He has thrown 28 and two-thirds innings, and now he's chasing... Uh, the MPP record, Shinji Tajima, of the Chunichi Dragons, set that in 2016. He threw 31 consecutive games without allowing a run from the start of the season. So, yeah, uh, impressive, impressive guy. We didn't get a chance to talk about I I wanted to talk about that when we had Reed Garrett on last time. And I I thought, yeah, I, I thought Taito is just going to be the closer of the future. But, it, you know, he might be the closer of the near future uh because uh of the of just situations injuries and whatever's going on with uh, the bullpen inside Saitama. but yeah you know he's adding to that with every appearance he's allowing a few more runners these days but i, I think it just you know it's batters getting used to him a little bit of fatigue again there's going to be a break here with uh a, a short break i think uh after interleague is over and then the Olympic break is going to come up to So he'll actually be afforded extra time to rest.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: look out the rest of the Pacific league. indeed. All right, uh, let's make a four-seam transition and talk about the top performers of man. at first, I thought this was going to be a really easy exercise. I had a couple guys in mind. And then when I started doing the research, my guys that were in my mind dropped out of the race. And <laughs> reality set in and all this other stuff. So um, let's start in the Central League. Who do we you have? have for, who you got, oh, you, gonna, you want me to go first? I can go first. doesn't matter. Yeah, I like it when you go first.
0: Aha. Okay. Well, my guy in, and as I I mentioned uh, a month ago was that it is, it's not the player of the month. It's the position. It's the hitter of the month. It's the batter of the month. It's the, the, the the monthly, the players of the month is divided into two divisions. It's the player of the month, pitching division and batting division. All right. So defense don't enter into it. Wow. Okay. So, (laughs) Defense didn't enter into it, uh, I believe that was today, and that's Tyler Austin mm. is my guy.
1: That's who I have.
0: Yeah, just uh, remarkable. He's a fourth in batting average, which I'm not a – I could really give or take, but he leads an on-base percentage. He's uh, He's got everything. OPS. He's OPS, which I, I'm not a big one on, but, yes, that's big. Um uh, Okay, well, slugging.
1: Let me, let me get this. Hold on. Homers. He didn't hit that many homers. So, he had five no, home he runs. Was, he was not. He only had 12 RBIs, and that's why I did, he didn't come to mind right away for me. He didn't have the, the home runs. And we know, having done this a lot, that these people who make these choices like the home runs. They like the RBIs, and they like the numbers that are easy to see. I don't think OPS factors into it either. Okay, he and was... That's
0: why, well, he was a second in slugging, led in on base percentage, but he just had an overall—you know—he had uh, twelve RBIs, five arm runs, 16, 16 runs scored. It was it was a very productive month.
1: Right. Yeah, he's my guy as well, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they give it to the rookie Teruaki Sato just because they like him because he had more RBIs for mm-hmm. one and uh the home runs were close but he had 6 so he might get it he might get it
0: yeah i mean yeah yeah yasutakashio of the swallows is another guy who might squeak in there because of the batting average but correct correct
1: yeah. all right what about
0: pitcher my pitcher it, my pitcher and the guy Mine. yeah as in the guy who should win the award but won't is yuji yanagi
1: yeah I- Go ahead. State your case. 2-0, 0.82 ERA. Say, say, yeah, say that again.
0: Went 2 and 0, he went no, 2-0, 0.82 ERA. 0.82. Are you sure? Go Can ahead.
1: you see it? Because it's real small.
0: <laughs> he led the Central League in ERA and strikeouts, despite the... Uh, Two point the two the zero point uh, eight two ERA and only two wins, and uh, the baseball data house that I used, that used to be uh, null data has a nice little figure which is run support. Yeah, mm, the second lowest. <laughs> the second lowest run support in NPB last month. If they could find
1: it, yeah, two point yeah. zero five. <laughs> that much.
0: Yep. Hard to believe. Wowza. Yeah. While well, yeah. the dragons were pulling out all the stops for it.
1: <laughs> right this way, sir. Your chair is waiting, not but, a table. But, just, but the guy doing... who the guy who
0: probably will win is Yasuhiro Ogawa. The Swallows, he because three, he's three and zero. Yeah, he went three and zero with a two point seven, a very respectable two point seven seven ERA. One of the teams scored five and a half runs a game behind him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm going with Yanagi and. You he was two and oh, he didn't lose. He had the microscopic ERA, and I think they're just going to reward him for a great pitching.
0: One, you know, I I hope so because we had a, so we had another we had another one like this in two thousand sixteen when uh, Shohei Ohtani went two and with an ERA of like zero point seven, mm-hmm. and they of course gave it to the guy who went four and one with a three point E O E R A. ERA,
1: right. So, well, yeah, if they take let, run yeah, right. I don't think they take runs into in consideration, no. but Yanagi had a, a really good month, so I'm I'm, oh, I'm gonna did, say they're yeah, give it to me. Yeah.
0: So we'll see. We'll see. But we've we they have been better than they were they're better now than they were four years ago, so there's
1: always hope. Okay. In the Pacific League, your position player.
0: My position player I have a bunch of guys who I think are all worthy. I'm going go right, Mas-
1: well,
0: go to Ma- go with Masataka Yoshida. I think he was the best of the bunch. Okay. But uh, the other guys would be uh, other guys who I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset at all if they won. would be Takeru Kojima.
1: He's my number one. Yeah, he's my And Brandon
0: one. Laird of the Marines or Yukiya yeah. Nagita. Those guys all had tremendous months. So it's kind of a hard pick and
1: it really is it really is and uh, i had okajima you know he he almost hit 400 so that was number 1 uh he had enough RBIs uh 11 but that that's not really a lot but it just see me he was very productive with his hits so uh i i just decided yeah i think they're going to go with that high batting average they're not going to look at much else after that anyway they usually don't so why should we expect them to do that now? Uh, although they um, Yoshida is a very popular player, so it's going to be a tight race. But I, I think they're going to give it to Okajima. All right, what about pitcher?
0: My pitcher is Nick Mart. Oh, pretty easy, Nick Martinez.
1: Yes, yeah, fairly easy. Pretty easy, fairly easy. Yeah,
0: know. four and one, right one there. point nine seven ERA, thirty four strikeouts, led the league with those three things. Wins. ERA strikeouts, it's the you know the golden, you know the, the uh, golden score there, golden ticket or whatever, just
1: whatever just hand mean. it to him now. Right, right. I I thought uh, Hiroya Miyagi of the Orcs Buffaloes is kind of there, but yeah, I, I think it's Nick Martinez hands down. I, I I can't see any way they're not gonna give him the the nod here. It, it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't take that long. <laughs> All right, making a two-seam transition. It's time for as the pitch turns with Masahiro Tanaka. Now he did not win today. He had another no decision. This is his third consecutive no decision. And I don't, I don't know. I didn't get to see all that much of his uh, effort today. Th- these Saturday games, they got to get him off a of Saturday, man. Get him on a Friday <laughs> so I can watch these games, man. This work thing, anyway. I think he threw 90 pitches today. I think I saw 10 or 11 of them, to be honest, when he was actually throwing them. And the other ones that uh, he gave up two home runs again, that was similar to what happened in his first start against the fighters. He gave up three runs on eight hits with two walks. Didn't hit a batter, but only went six innings. Got this no decision for a third consecutive start. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how much you saw. Did, did he not pitch well? Did he pitch okay?
0: Uh, I do want to... I don't want to give a spoiler too much. I'm going to write about it a bit, but he, uh, it's
1: more a little, a little.
0: by the time this comes had... out,
1: your, your writings, will have already been posted. Oh, uh,
0: having said that, you're right.
1: <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yes, I know you're stuck in, you're stuck in gym mode. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. So,
0: Okay. I, I think I mentioned some shows ago that he's the pitcher that time forgot. Mm-hmm. And I think this, the Pacific League and the Central League have kind of moved on without him.
1: Okay. Because
0: what I saw today was that he didn't realize that these nondescript rookies for the carp might be able to take 93-mile-an-hour high-straight high straight fastballs and drill them well back in the stands. <laughs> because he threw... Two, he hung two fastballs with that were just they were just fast, and he missed it up in the zone. And they were, you know, the Japan where he was was if you you are throwing it, you know, back seven years ago, eight years ago, you could you could throw a ninety three mile an hour fastball. His fastball was a little faster than two. You could throw a ninety three fast mile an hour fastball without a lot of back without. Really, really good backspin. Okay, and and even if the guys were looking, unless they were big home run hitters, unless they were looking fastball, they probably had no chance, zero chance of hitting it out because it was just too fast for them. Okay, those days are over. <laughs> mm. Because we saw exactly what we saw. You mentioned the fighters' game, his first game, absolutely appropriate. The fighters' guys were all looking up, looking for fastballs, and when he missed with a fastball in the hardest of those. They just beat the living daylights out of him. And that's what happened today. He missed he basically he I I, I would bet he he threw about eight four seam fastballs in the whole game. <laughs> and they weren't they weren't very good. Well actually one of the one fastballs that hit was a two seamer. But it was basically up in the zone, straight and flat and crying out for a guy to hit it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, Other than that, Uh, he was really, really good.
0: His splitter was really good. His slider was really good.
1: Yeah. And yeah, because he came out after 90 pitches, I just figured he, and he gave up those two home runs that he wasn't pitching all that well. But yeah, okay. It sounds like he did okay. Just, you know. His
0: his location was poor. I mean, he. uh, Yeah. In in those instances,
1: and he got punished. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully he can win uh, soon or at least get a decision Uh, either way. I know this. it's like a tie for a pitcher, right, coming out of a game, but they won. The Eagles ended up winning the game seven to three, so I think he's happy with that. So,
0: yeah, he left. He left losing three. Uh, he left uh, losing right. three one, and then That's they right. they caught up to uh, Masato Morista, the Central League's two thousand twenty rookie of the year. They caught up to him in the seventh inning,
1: right, and probably the Carp ace. Considering, oh yeah, yeah. He, a,
0: he pitched. He just pitched a great game, and then he walked two guys, and then the bullpen let him score. So.
1: Right. All right. One note before we get to this week's question: uh, Hideaki Wakui of Rakuten uh, on Friday won twelve to five for his one hundred fiftieth career victory. He becomes the 49th pitcher in NPB history to reach that milestone, and he also hit two thousand five hundred innings pitched earlier this season so really good for him I, i'd like to you know he, he's actually showing more life in his hero interviews now he's he's still kind of deadpanish, but he's saying funny things so it, it's it's really it's really interesting he said something about yeah well I, I won the game but i have a lot of things to work on and uh, i really don't have anything to be happy about <laughs> so yeah Good to see him with some personality out there. that we could yeah, get rid he, of that he, deadpan he, face, we'd be in. He, he did work
0: of. on it. You know, he he, he used to be the, uh, you're asking me questions that I have to answer. What should I do kind of thing. And then last mm. year he was on the hero, He did so many hero interviews. He was sort of like saving up. He was doing his little Naomi Osaka thing, saving up jokes. <laughs> okay. So... He he got a few of them. You could see he was ready for him, and he had a few up there, and he was get, telling jokes, and he was looking kind of comfortable. So he's gotten kind of the thing where the thing is, I think, if I had pitched that game, you know, if I somehow was tra- transformed into a person who was like a professional athlete, could actually do things like that, mm-hmm. and I pitched the game as uh, the way he did and one i probably wouldn't be ready to do a hero interview because i wouldn't think anybody would want to talk to me
1: right right so might have well, taken him by surprise it might have all right let's go to fielding questions All right, this one comes from Mike in New York City via email, and this is an awesome question. I've been so excited since we got it. He says, congratulations, you and Jim have just been given very specific magic powers. You can snap your fingers and add players to your respective favorite teams, but you have to choose only one from each of the following pairs.
0: All right. All right, well, you go first. only Only one from each of the following pairs. Well, okay. Yeah. My, if I, ha- oh, let's, okay, well, let's look at this to the, the, he could ask this question or you could, let's look at uh, this question two ways because it could be interpreted either way, as in you get to pick one player, you get to pick three players. <laughs> I guess you could also pick two players. Yeah. Um, uh, which I is- didn't go with because because they're pairs, so I couldn't see the advantage of that. But my my first inclination was to get three guys. I would go with if I had to pick between Seiya Suzuki or Masataka Yoshida, I'd pick Seiya Suzuki, just because I like the defense. Although, okay, in in, in give a second thought, I think Masataka Yoshida is a better chance to be playing in Japan next year. Mm. <laughs> so there's always that. Okay, uh, Hiroya Miyagi or Taka Wait a minute, Yosida. wait
1: you got to say your favorite team first because... My favorite uh, team think- is
0: the Occult Swallows, of
1: course. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, for those who don't know. <laughs>
0: uh, I did think about how that would impact them, but they can always use more defense, so... Uh, Hiroya Miyagi or Takahisa Hayakao. I'd take Miyagi because just because he's younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I like the very... Sim- I think they're very similar pitchers. Okay, I'll take the guy who's 19 instead of the guy who's 22. <laughs> Shugo Maki or Kyoto Fujiwara. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who can, the the infielder as opposed to another outfielder since I've already gotten outfielder. So I'd go with Shugo
1: Maki. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm a Dragons fan and the Dragons have pitching, uh, so they don't need that. So I'm not taking <laughs> any pictures. Uh, and um, I would go with, I would go with Yoshida as well, because I believe the same thing, that Seiya Suzuki is going to be playing somewhere else fairly soon. So uh, I think it's a a longer investment. So I would go with Yoshida. Um, Between Miyagi and Hayakawa, I think the Dragons, if I'm ready to win now, I'll take the older guy. So I'll go with Hayakawa just because he's older, because I, I think if you add him to that rotation or to that pitching staff, you can go a long way. I think you can, you know, they'd be Japan oh, series yeah. ready just about. And then uh, between Maki and Hujiwara, I'm going to go with Maki because the Dragons again need an outfielder. In fact, uh, the two outfielders I'm put taking. Uh, I'll just throw monkey I I say outfielder but he plays everywhere (laughs) he's basically an infielder who you just throw him out there and he catches balls you know he's a little machine Uh, I don't know how good he is but I don't really care because they don't the dragons don't hit enough so they need some offense I would put him in left and I guess I would put Yoshida in right because he's just more experienced Uh, although I don't think that's a good option defensively but uh, again the dragons need hitting So I'm not going to worry about the defense so much. Uh, And that's what I do because I think that both of those guys would be their starting right fielder and left fielder tomorrow if they were Mm -hmm. on the team. And Hayakawa would probably have to work his way into the rotation. But the way Kodai Umetsu pitched today, I think he's in. So (laughs) I think they could do that. But I still don't think that they would mean that. was today
0: not a bullpen day.
1: No, it was supposed to be Umetsu Day, but he just was all discombobulated. And the, the announcers were talking about the fact that he might be injured, but he didn't go to the training right after the game. He just kind of stood on the bench. and So I don't think he was particular in, particularly injured. Or they came into the game knowing something was kind of off and uh, it doesn't need treatment, it needs rest. And so I think we might hear about it in the coming week that he needs some rest or he's being de- deactivated. Blah, blah, blah. But he he was just not good. So no, it was not a scheduled bullpen day as far as the announcers were talking about. So no, no. So yeah, I think with those two additions, I think the the Dragons would be Japan series ready if those two were on the team. So Mm -hmm. I'm making it happen. I'm snapping my fingers all night long until I go to sleep here, which is going to be soon. <laughs> we're done. All right, <laughs> All right so uh, thank you for the awesome question, Mike. That was, jeez, yep. uh, man, I was so excited to get that one, and I was very happy to answer it. And uh, anyone else who has a question, hit us up on Twitter at JBW Podcast with the hashtag High Heat. Send questions like Mike did via email to yakyujohn at gmail dot com. Make it an MP three, and uh, we'll hear your voice as well. Or you can also go to the Facebook page. And leave us a measures there. Got anything coming up, Jim?
0: I do not. But, uh, you know, the annual, the annual, the weekly uh, jableisland.com newsletter goes out Monday night. So if you want to hook up with the weekly uh, newsletter, uh, please subscribe for your paid and you're in.
1: All right. Uh, find us on iTunes, rate and review. And again, go to YouTube and pull up the Pacific League English channel. Subscribe, follow, and watch the videos. We will see you next week at the regular time. Enjoy your baseball. See you at the ballpark.
0: Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JballAllen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag Heat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.